1: Hello and welcome to another episode of But Why, the podcast that's all about digging into big questions and tricky topics via honest conversations. This week, we're going to be looking at confidence with Jessica Jones, an award-winning blogger, confidence and self-love advocate and motivational comedian. I love that description of you. Um, She runs a popular Instagram account called The Fat Funny One and podcast Say It With Your Whole Chest, where she shares her inspiring journey from self-loathing to acceptance and inner confidence. She is not afraid to bear it all. In fact, you really have been bearing it all on Instagram. I've seen a lot of your boobs in the last couple of days. They are fantastic. Um, Jess shows women they can love themselves at any size with stretch marks, scars, cellulite and all. She's a firm believer that true self-love is attainable for anyone and a happy oversharer of her perfectly imperfect life in Bedfordshire with her husband and four, I'll say it again, four kids, including a baby and puppy. What an intro. And it's so true. That is you.
2: That is a mass, that was like a proper epic intro.
1: What? I'm a badass.
2: That you sounded are. so
1: good. <laughs> and also, like the fact that the, oh, and her four kids, I mean, that in itself is astounding because I find it quite weird. We had uh, my, third and you're second at the same time I think and then you've gone on to have two more babies
2: I literally like it makes me laugh when everyone was like oh in the in the pandemic I learned how to knit and I crocheted and I started a business I'm like I just popped out like a billion kids
1: like <laughs> so and, I and when I last good. saw you in real life you had two girls and now you've got four and you've, you've added two boys for yeah. that mix yes yeah, so I've got two girls
2: two boys a dog two cats and husband
1: so that's good times in my house I also wrote a book in the, in the pandemic
2: I do just you know everyone keeps asking me how I did it and I genuinely I can't really recall which probably means that I was just like yeah in the zone and half asleep and um, but I just I work a lot at night that's kind of like the only time mm-hmm. I've got it which is is great but not great and I go you know I burn out a lot and all of that really yeah. poor stuff but um yeah you just do it. I think when you're excited about something and you want to do it, you'll find
1: the time and the energy in there and actually, I think for me weirdly, in the kind of baby the newborn years what although I was out of my head on tiredness that you do i think it's quite primal this kind of desire mm. to 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 put something out in the world to protect them to earn money. you kind of go into an otherworldly state, don't you,
2: yeah, and I think also they. I was so desperate to do it. Like I, I had this book inside me for so long and then I finally got the opportunity to write it. I, it just kind of all poured out. Like I was like, I need to get it done. I need to get yeah. it done. And I I was just so determined to do it. And I think to prove to them that I could do it, to prove to myself that I could do it, To not that I necessarily had to prove anything to anyone else, but I did also want to prove to people who probably thought it was impossible for me to do um, that I could and it, it wasn't so impossible. I only had three kids at that point. I think... It's by the time only. I submitted, yeah, but I only had three. It's right. Um, when I submitted my final manuscript, I think I had three, and I was—I just found out I was, yeah, I just found out I was pregnant with my fourth. So I didn't have four at that time. So that does make a bit of a
1: difference, like it doesn't really. But yeah, no. you can—it's it's impressive. Just we'll just say it's impressive, very impressive. <laughs> now I usually start with three daft-ish questions. How Is are that- you really? What star sign are you, and what's your favourite crisp? And I know you'll be passionate about that last one.
2: Oh, my God. I Literally, my head's like, oh, my God, crisp, crisp, crisp. Okay, so the first one, how tired is Mm. probably the best um, description of how I feel, and and touched out. Like, all the kids are just, like, constantly touching me all the time, and I adore them, and I love them, but, oh, my God, will everyone just stop touching me? (laughs) Mm.
1: That is such a real feeling, isn't it?
2: Mm. And you feel bad saying it because... I know, and I don't know whether it's just me, I always think, oh, but God forbid there's a time that I won't be able to hug them or squeeze them or, you know, kiss them. And and you almost feel guilty for not wanting anyone to touch you for two minutes, but I genuinely just want to go for a pill on my own for mm. two minutes without someone asking me a question. Um, but yeah, so touched out and tired is probably the best description of how I feel at the minute. I'm a Gemini, which weirdly enough, I just bought a book. Oh my gosh, look, I just bought a book on being <laughs> Yes, which I, I just it. opened yesterday and it's something about like looking at how to uh looking at your zodiac sign and like how to play to your strengths mm-hmm. sort of thing so I got that recently so I'm a Gemini and Chris oh my god yeah you're
1: big on this I know that
2: um oh mate <laughs> I genuinely this is I, I'm gonna find this harder than choosing my favorite child favorite oh, child is easy,
1: but <laughs> Chris is really hard. Um, you can choose a know. few. We can stretch the rules if we're making. It kind
2: of depends on the. It depends on the vibe, right? If I'm feeling dead posh, right, then it's like Tyrell's or Sensations, because that's like top tier Christmas posh crisp. Mm-hmm. That's like up there. But if I'm going for an all round, ah, oh, it depends. Because then if I want a crisp sandwich, I have to have a prawn cocktail. Walkers. Walkers. Yes. That's that's standard for a crisp sandwich. But I'm probably going to throw it back a little bit, and I really like Skips.
1: Wow, but I mean, you probably need about four packets because a pack oh, but, of yeah, quite... packet of skips. Literally, you've eaten it, and you're like, "Well, yeah. when begun. I talk
2: crisps, I mean multi pack, like <laughs> multi pack for a single person." I never, and I hands down don't think I've categorically ever eaten a single packet of single serving crisps on their own.
1: No, I genuinely don't think that's
2: physically possible. Yesterday, I ate three packets of Monster Lunch.
1: Yeah, but you're in, like, you're in the eye of the storm. You, you know, food literally just doesn't touch the sides in the bit that you're in. Because how old are you youngest? Uh four months. Oh my word, you're in the you're in the worst bit. Sixteen yeah. weeks with each of them. I lost my mind.
2: He's like really not sleeping, and mm. I was doing that whole oh he's quite a good sleeper. <laughs> he's like no so false sense of security, mum. Mm. Um so he's really regressing a little bit, which is is what it is. I do think though, because someone said to me the other day, oh my gosh, four like everyone always goes, Oh my gosh, four. And I actually think one is the hardest. And I say that because when you have one, you have no clue what you're doing. It's the first time you've ever done it. Things like, you know, you're not going to sleep, but you really don't understand the depths of the sleep deprivation. You've got no real knowledge or expectation. Mm -hmm. And it Mm -hmm. is, it's really hard. And so I think naturally when you have more, I won't say there's a massive, like, Um, when you have more, you your confidence and your expectations are managed yeah. slightly better, yeah. which I think actually makes it easier so yeah. only when you have more, I think the practicality is harder, like getting them all in the car yeah. or getting everybody ready like when you have more, it's just practical things that yeah. I think are more difficult, but your confidence and your ability to i think yeah. know when something's wrong or trust your instinct, all of that stuff grows so it is more difficult before from a practical perspective, I actually think having one is was the, the toughest. Oh, it's yeah. brutal.
1: First of all, my rule is when they're little, I think you have to add, add a half an hour for each child <laughs> for getting out the door. That's what I remember when we went for two to three. And that seems massive. But really, I mean, we now need really an hour and 15 run up to get out of the house. And you yours probably, are old enough to like yeah, get to the are. toilet on
2: their own and yeah, stuff. Yeah, they yeah. are.
1: Yeah, that's what's really interesting when you're saying the touched out, which I vividly remember. But so Greta is four uh, as you know because you're that's the same as your second and it's like I'm now having to persuade people to cuddle me and it's like <laughs> oh this is a real this is a real especially my nine-year-old please give me a cuddle but yeah, yeah so this- our
2: kids are the similar age Sophia's nine Isabella will be four next week uh next week and then Jason will be two at the end of March and then Theo is four months wow
1: yeah. I, can't, I can't And yeah, uh, you're right about, which is actually going to lead us nicely into the topic, but the confidence thing, because yeah, four months, I now know I lose my mind because your adrenaline runs out and the kids don't sleep. But that for the first time round is absolute crisis. Whereas that every other time we're like, yep, here we go, ride this exactly. out. No expectation that I'm going to sleep ever again. So if I do, that's a bonus. <laughs> and more, you know, you I think ultimately you learn that babies are pretty robust um really you know it's your confidence in yourself as a parent i think as
2: well like when when i first had so and it's funny because when i talk about confidence everyone's immediate thing and i guess it it does it started my journey is that i just take my kit off and i don't care what my body looks like but actually building your confidence has such a massive impact on so many different areas Mm. of your life so my career has skyrocketed because of my confidence and not necessarily my social media career but just outside of that and all the the work I do outside of that. And my parenting choices and making those choices and how Mm. I feel about being a mum, all of those things play a huge part in how I feel about myself and who I am. And my confidence has changed those things. So juggling the kids now, I'm more confident to, you know, manage them when Mm. it gets stressful, Mm. know how to manage myself, or even silly things like go to the supermarket. I'm more confident to own it when people are looking at me because my kids are losing their absolute goddamn minds in the supermarket. I'm far more confident now to just be like, so what, mate? (laughs) It is what it is. I'm doing my best. Like, I can't do anything else. Whereas one kid ago or two kids ago, I would have been, like, mortified. Mm. And I am still a little bit. But I've really let go of the shame. Mm. And so much of that is part of your confidence journey. So I think it does play a huge part in so many other areas of your life that people don't necessarily realise. It's all just the immediate, I could just wear a bikini on the beach. And that is incredible. But there's so much more to
1: it than that. Yeah, it's so interesting because I was actually writing something to someone, a friend of mine who's about to become a mother, and I was like, you know, the best thing you can do is know that you know how to parent that child better than mm-hmm. anyone else. And that is such an easy thing to write nine years down the line. But it took me a long, a long time to realise that. And actually that applies to everything, doesn't it? You need to yeah. know that... You need to just have faith in yourself.
2: Yeah, it's trusting. I, Funny, one of my friends is having a baby, and I said to, said to them, um, they're a couple, both of them, and I said, trust your instinct. Mm, and so I was on. like, I know I'm your mate and I've had four kids, and you can ring me and ask me anything you want, but that doesn't mean I'm right because they're my children and it's how I've parented them, but you know your child better than anyone. You might not think you do, and you know yourself, so just trust your instinct because it will it will tell you what you need to know but mm. be confident enough to trust it and that's that's the difference because we can often know our gut is telling us something but not have the confidence to follow through with that feeling mm. and that's what you need to do have the confidence and the courage to say no actually i'm gonna go, i'm gonna go with what i'm feeling here and this doesn't feel right or "No, i'm gonna go with this decision because that feels better mm. and it's having the confidence to actually go through with that instinct that's saying to you mm,
1: are you sure about that yeah and it, it is there it really is there and I always think the times when I ignore my intuition on stuff is the time when I genuinely regret something. If you do 100%. something based on your intuition it goes wrong, you're like, well, that was just something I've learnt. But you just you always know I think about it, even when a work opportunity comes in, my instant feeling in my body is whether that's the right one or not and then you go oh look at the fee or I'll look at the time frame or look at this and you twist your own arm and it's just like you know same with everything isn't it yeah
2: you do and it's just again having the confidence to say no I'm I'm not not at this time or no I don't want to do that or I'm not comfortable with that but we don't have that little bit in between our instinct and the action mm. that says just do it and that's what I want people to build on is trusting themselves enough to say no actually I am going to say no to that because it's okay and I, I'm confident enough to own
1: that decision in myself and that's what that's what I'm going to do. So I mean when you think about confidence is there is there a, a like a nifty way of encapsulating what that means or is it too broad to put into words? Um, Probably too broad and I think
2: that's, I probably should have nailed it by now, right? Surely I wrote a whole book about it. Like having a little summary would be like a <laughs> be really the thing. good thing. But I think it's too broad because it means different things to different people to some degree. Um but owning it, and I know that's the title of the book, but to me that is kind of the epitome of being confident, is owning it. You own the decisions that you make. You own the position that you're in. You own the circumstance. You own your body. You, all of those things, mm. you own it, you're happy about it, you accept it, and you you go with it. And that, to me, is why, I guess part of the reason why it's the title, um, there's a bit of a strobe behind that, but that, to me, is, is confidence. It's being comfortable, mm. just saying, yeah this is me, this is it, this is a decision, I'm going with it.
1: Yeah, and, and the thing is we can, we can all talk a good game, but there is such, and actually I do think loads of people are blagging at confidence. Um, oh,
2: yeah, fake it till you make it, everyone yeah. says
1: that. But actually, we, yeah, go
2: on. I don't know if, it does work sometimes, but not all the time. No. When, is it something that you
1: feel you've always had?
2: oh hell no like I wish and I think that's why I implore people to read the book especially if they've only come into my life or seen me at this point of my life the last few years where their immediate reaction is oh she's probably always been like that like mm. cool it's easy for you and I'm like no and actually someone commented yesterday on um probably one of the posts of me in my pants on the internet because that's standard behavior now for me um and they said this video means so much more to me now after reading your book because Uh. they now can recognize the journey from start to to here and like this just to see it now you just I appreciate this so much more and I was like that's what I want people to understand when I say it's obtainable for anyone it's not because I'm just like ah yeah I've had it all my life it's great It's because if I can kind of drag myself out of the pits of self-loathing and being self-deprecating and Mm. like in, in so many areas of my life, whether it's about my body, about my work, I used to sit in my car outside one of my workplaces and cry because the girls in the office were really mean to me and I didn't have the confidence to just walk in and I'd literally sit there and cry and cry and cry and cry and there was one girl in the office called Kelly who would come to my car in the morning and literally drag me out of my car and say, come on, just sit with me, you'll be all right. And so I think to go from that person to being the person on the internet who literally is in their pants dancing and is just like, say what you want, I don't care, this is Mm -hmm. who I am, I'm here, is such a huge shift. And so the book kind of goes through that journey with you. So I'm kind of explaining my journey, but, but also giving really practical things because... I think it's all good and well, everyone going, yeah, I'm really confident now. Look at me with no action. Like, so people Mm. go, okay, so how do I do that? Like, where's the how? Mm. So people go, you can do this, you can do this, but don't tell you how to do it. Um, So it's great. Everyone going, transform your life. Okay, tell me how I do that. Like, Mm. where's the, so each chapter has real life tasks you can do and guided tasks where you can really actually take the action it takes to take a step forward in your journey. Um, And they're all things that I've done. Um throughout the book, I did a lot of research, and so I've added things to make it a bit more in depth and and probably better um but they're real life tasks you can do because it's all gonna well reading my story, but until you actually know how I've done it and can adapt that for yourself, it's kind of pointless
1: yeah I think I think I've actually written that on my notes that was one of the things I liked best because yes we can we can follow good role models and we can read self help and we can Believe in the premise of self-confidence but when when all said and done and it's it's you looking in the mirror or you wait waiting to go into work are you embodying that and I love the fact that you have you have to do something and I also love the kind of everydayness of it yeah it's like it's start now you know the limiting self-beliefs and then gathering the evidence opposing that I have a folder on my phone which is like a pep talk kind of folder which is just all screen grabs of 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 nice messages nice emails which isn't like feeding my ego it's just that when my brain t- tells to tell me a whole load of horrible stuff it's like no there's there's proof here of, mm. of it's the evidence yeah
2: we need the evidence that that affirms what we're thinking or feeling which is sometimes why it's easier to believe the bad stuff when other people say it because the bad stuff people say don't really have an effect on you unless you already have that belief yourself. And they're just affirming what you already believe. So if someone says to me now, Oh, I don't know. So back in the day, someone said to me, Oh, you're such a fat cow. I would have been like mortified because one, at that point in my life, I thought being fat was a negative thing. And because it affirmed the, the insecurity I had about my weight already. Mm-hmm. Now people say it and I'm like, you realise it's like my whole brand name. Clearly I don't give a crap. Like, yeah. So now it's very different because they're not affirming a, an already insecurity I hold. All they're doing is just saying words. Yeah. That I'm like, okay, cool. It's one of the reasons why when people judge our parenting and our mothering, we feel so vulnerable and shame filled and awful and have like very little confidence because it's the one thing we all feel guilty and already mm. questioning about mm. ourselves constantly
1: yeah.
2: so when someone says to you oh I think she's a really awful mother yeah. we're like oh it's that like gut-wrenching because it's affirming that real deep mum guilt insecurity yeah. we already feel about are we messing up our kids like yeah. are we doing this right so it, for me when people then what I try to say is is reframe those things for yourself. So, like, you've got that folder. It's not necessarily because you're you're wanting to be validated by other people, but what they're doing is affirming the positive things that Mm. you're trying to believe about yourself. So it's evidencing that for you, which makes it more real. And it makes it more – you can accept it easier Mm. because there's actual evidence to say it's fine. So it's just affirming those beliefs that you're trying to now – believe about yourself i'm a good person i'm a great mom i look good it, those things are when other people then say it to you it just affirms it for you yeah. rather than being the complete you know you're not getting complete validation externally from other no. people and that's that's it's hard because there's a really thin line between being validated by everybody else and actually just having them affirm what you're trying to believe about
1: yourself yes. yeah you have to really check in on that is i mean i'm wondering if there's a way to to know in yourself I guess it's that craving kind of feeling. It's, it's if you can't enjoy something for yourself or can't back your own achievements without putting it out externally. And actually, I mean, I don't want to go too down this far down this line because it's where we always end up, but with with social media, it's, I'm making some really clear decisions for myself recently. So it was my birthday. I it was, it was my 40th. Oh, yeah, some... happy
2: birthday. <laughs> I did see that. Happy birthday. Thank
1: you very much. And I really consciously didn't share it on social media not because I want to do and I said it was my birthday but I didn't show show loads of pictures because I was like I just really want to enjoy this just for me in the moment and automatically by putting it out that something's changed in that and I know this Mm. is a bit different but you know what I mean you have to be really try and feel things in your own body for yourself
2: yeah and and that's I always think I have to question question it so I think we instinctively also know deep down what we're feeling or thinking Mm. and a prime example of that and a really good example of that is if you can't decide what to wear for example so you've got two outfit choices you're not sure which one and so rather than just making a decision you send it to your best mate and you're like Mm. which one shall I wear and then they go oh wear the red dress and really, you're like, oh, I don't want to wear that. No. <laughs> I really want to wear this the one. You knew instinctively what you wanted to do, but mm. you just didn't have the confidence. It's that middle bit to follow through with that decision that that's the one you wanted to wear. Because what you were doing is then going, oh, but if I wear this, so-and-so might think this about this dress. Because then it all suddenly becomes who right, are you dressing yeah, for? Yeah, so you ask someone else, and then either they affirm the decision that you really knew deep down. So either they say, "Yeah, wear the black one," and you go, "Yes, I knew it. That's the one I wanted to wear," or they tell you to wear the opposite, and you go, "Oh, oh, okay." And then you're not sure, which to me just proves you did know, yeah. you did know, and what you were looking for was someone to affirm it, not necessarily validate it for you. But if you're in a position where you're sending it them because you genuinely don't want to wear it either. And you don't know. And the only decision is going to be from them. And even if that outfit makes you uncomfortable, you're just going to wear it because they told you to, then your whole feelings of validation and self-worth sit outside of yourself. And you haven't got that part of you that is instinctively telling you that's what you want to wear or that's what you want to do. Um, And that example is so, for me, so relatable because I've probably sent countless outfits to my friends going, shall I wear this? (laughs) I don't know if I should wear this, but I know now if I've genuinely got a choice of two things I like, the second they tell me which one, I'm like, oh, okay, the one that I really wanted to wear is this one. And I, I think,
1: think it goes back to that same thing I said about the working emails It's the same thing on a menu, right? I... I know as soon as I look at a menu, what I want to eat, and then if you know, a whole load of other dialogue comes in. This is like I really now try and go with that gut feeling. You know, when you open your other than sometimes when you just lose your head with your outfit and you just literally yeah, throw clothes all over, which I do a <laughs> yeah. lot less now actually, mainly because I haven't got time to think about your outfit anymore. Yeah. And uh, I wear the same
2: pair of jeans like every single day. <laughs> and I'll wear
1: that clean thing, um, or I'll get the not clean thing out of the wash basket. Yeah. But, um, yeah you do know what you want to wear like whatever outfit comes into my head and and you've got to ask yourself what voices come into your mind when you're you're persuading yourself out of that
2: yeah and why do you want to wear it do you want to wear it because it's comfortable and you think you look good or are you wearing it because you want everyone else to think you look good Mm -hmm. and in that respect like what's the point because you could wear the outfit that you feel absolute 10 out of 10 out you go out and I guarantee there's going to be somebody who doesn't like it so just wear what you want to wear yeah. anyway and that's what I've really learned now I had a yellow jumpsuit that I absolutely adored and I wore it and I put a picture up and someone told me I looked like a Teletubby <laughs> I'll never forget and I replied and I it was at that point that I knew how far I'd come in my journey mm-hmm. because I replied and I was like and don't buy it and wear it and look like a Teletubby. But if I look like a Teletubby, I look like i damn sexy Teletubby. I'm down. Yeah, like, maybe, maybe that's the vibe I'm
1: after. Yeah,
2: who cares? But I like it. I was comfortable. Mm. Maybe I didn't look at it. I don't care. It was, And I knew at that point Something I'd really come far. Yeah, because it genuinely didn't bother me at all. Um, and to this day, I genuinely laugh about it. And they didn't actually say it in a horrible way. They were kind of, which I, don't, I don't know if that's just backhanded compliment, but um. Mm i know now how far i've come when those sorts of things just kind of bounce mm. off that's not to say i'm immune to it there are still things that bother me and i think people think i'm confident 24/7 and i don't uh, no <laughs> absolutely not
1: but I don't know about you but uh yeah I'm definitely not 10 out of 10 confident but you're right I can I know that mu- I'm much more robust and more resilient because yeah like someone go oh you look knackered it's like yeah damn right I look knackered I'm really tired <laughs> I am tired <laughs> I'm really really like- tired you're right it's like I've had comments where well, she turns up on Instagram looking like that I'm just turning up looking like I actually look you know you can't win do you, want you can't, to because then if you've got a wake-up on and you've yeah. done it up,
2: someone's going to be like, oh, she's always overdressed. You can't, there's just no way in this world to please everybody. Mm. But what we do is focus so much on pleasing as many people as we can. We don't please ourselves. Like that's the only person at this point in time now that I give a crap about. Mm. Like even my kids, like Sophia might be like, "Oh my gosh, mummy, that top is so bright. You shouldn't wear that. I,
1: you're nine. Like leave. You, yeah, we've your just got to that. That you're that, that you're <laughs> a bit embarrassing vibe. I, uh, actually, I'm really cool. Do you mind? Yeah, maybe I'm, I'm not like, anymore, quit. but. <laughs> That's what
2: I said. Oh, then one of our friends was like, "Oh my god, your mum's so cool." She's on YouTube. I was like, "Right, like you've got the cool mum, and you're out here telling me I can't wear <laughs> they this." They don't want
1: the cool mum though. They want no, the quiet. Absolutely not. They not do. They want a the quiet, mom.
2: nice one, um, <laughs> not the one who wears her pajamas in the school run like me. um But she says that, and I just say, "Oh, whatever." But it's about knowing that of yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you feel about yourself? And it's not about pleasing anyone. And we live in just a society in any aspect of our lives where we're just taught to please everybody, our parents, our bosses, our you know friends, neighbours, you know, be a good person, be humble, be kind, be loving, you know, don't be impolite, even if someone's horrible to you, you mm-hmm. know, even if your boss shouts at you, but they're your boss, you know, every, we're just constantly told to never speak up for ourselves or be confident enough to, to speak up for ourselves. And so we just end up being people pleasers
0: Mm.
2: all the time. And then it just affects everything we do and say. Um, And I just didn't want to be that person anymore.
1: And the problem is, I think, with people pleasing is then you get into resentment because you're so busy trying to please everybody else. You know, do what your boss wants, do fit in, da-da-da. And then when you, you feel shit out of it, you blame everybody else because because you you've not shown up as yourself or not being yourself and then resentment is possibly the most toxic thing that you can let into your life isn't it
2: yeah I think resentment from an and because for me that really builds a lot of rage and angry feelings um it was funny because this week I was in therapy my therapist was like everything I feel I just put to anger oh I'm angry Mm. about that I'm angry I'm angry and she was like she sent me this Wheel of emotions. She was like, "You realise there's like a billion other emotions out there. <laughs> Anything <Dad's> else? Like- <laughs> you're not just angry at everything. Uh, I don't feel angry. <laughs> yeah, I was like, but I'm angry about that. And she's like, but you're not angry. No, no, made me ragey. I was angry. And she's like, actually, you were disappointed uh, or frustrated mm. or irritable or um let down. And I was like, oh, there are other words. There are other yeah. words to describe how I'm feeling. But resentment for me brings up rage. It brings up that real bitter." angry feeling that you feel because you feel held back when some when you feel resentful for someone and um, whether that's um because they've held you back from making a decision or make made you make a decision that you didn't really want to make um and i it's horrible
1: and actually and probably that, that rages at yourself
2: oh and we project it onto other people yeah And you're rageful at yourself because you knew better. You knew Mm. that wasn't the decision you wanted to make. You knew. So, again, even if I come back down to the really simple choose what to wear, someone tells you wear the red one and you go, "Mm," so you wear it. And then all night you're uncomfortable Mm. and frustrated. And then you're angry. You're angry at yourself for wearing it. You're angry at them because they're all comfortable and happy in their outfits and you're not. And I know it's a really simple example and analogy to use, but it's so true like that's how we end up feeling and then we don't feel ourselves because we can't bring ourselves and it's exhausting trying to be or pretend to feel comfortable to please other people or to be anyone other than yourself like it's genuinely exhausting and
1: and it's never going to get you anywhere that's the thing that's what I'm really beginning to learn that you never the only person who that damages is yourself
2: yeah, and you can try and people please as many people as you like, and become the person that you think everyone likes, and even someone then won't like you. So what's the point? Yeah. So you've exhausted yourself, and you've still got the same result. Yeah. So you might as well just save yourself the exhaustion, and have the confidence to say no. Like this is who I am, and this is this is just where I'm at, and it's okay if that's not for you. There's people I don't like, so why I feel so butt hurt when someone doesn't like me is hilarious. <laughs> like... No, it's so
1: true. It's like, I don't like them, but there's no there's no. Biggie. I don't expect their life to be any less because I don't know like exactly
2: them. but it's almost like we can dislike other people but we're so butthurt when people dislike us because it triggers something in us that yeah it's that people pleaser but I because well, I remember once oh, I'm sorry if you can keep hearing my things someone said to me um uh, sent me a screenshot of one of those you know lovely places where people are really That's kind about everyone yeah. and um the first thing I thought was how can I change myself to make sure these people don't think this again and one of them was something really ridiculous like she never cooks for her kids and so I for the, like the next week I was like she's making broccoli and spaghetti but a for dinner on my stories right which is something I would have done anyway but I suddenly felt this need to prove it yeah. like and I just thought what am I she, that person still hates me whether I give my kids an all-organic freshly cooked straight off a farm dinner they still won't like me. Mm. So why am I putting all this energy into trying to prove to them that I can be the person that Mm. they they like? Because obviously they like people who do it this way, so I'll do it this way.
0: This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda.
2: Get started at one of our local financial centres or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply.
0: Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: Well, Why? Um, Anna Martha, who I'm sure you know, she... Oh, I she, love her. Rather than like positive affirmation, she says to herself in her head, I'm going to die and not everybody likes me. I'm going to die and not everybody likes me. And once you kind of get those two things into your head and not recoil. Because, you know, it's terrifying. They're the two most terrifying thoughts. You yeah. can kind of get on with your life. Yeah, and the, the last
2: chapter of my book is dedicated to my friend Emma who passed away. And part of the reason why I talk about her so much is because the biggest gift she ever gave me was is kind of encouraging me um, when she was really poorly and when we knew the inevitable was going to happen. And she kind of just said, you know, I've run out of time. I've run out of time to do things that I just thought would just, I'd have time to do. And I don't have time to do them. Don't, you know, all the fluffy stuff we worry about and care about genuinely does not matter what Mm -hmm. other people think, the dress, the weight, the, all these things don't matter. And then you kind of get to a point where you're going to run out of time. And then suddenly you're like, why did I waste. waste it? And I talk about her so freely because one, the lesson that she gave to me, I feel obliged to share with other people because it was life changing. And two, because I want people to know her name. She was an incredible person and she did have all these things that she could have done and didn't get an opportunity to do. And we have to learn from that Mm. and and learn from those opportunities. And this isn't a case of making people feel guilty and guilt tripping people into being confident and happy and making decisions, But it's the real reality that, Mm. like Anna says, you know, I'm going to die. There's going to be a point where we're not going to have any time left. Mm. And what I don't want to do is look back and think, oh, like, I wish I'd done that. I wish Mm. I had the chance to do that. And Emma was a really confident person. Like, she was someone who just completely owned it anyway. She'd been like that since we were at school. Um, But even then, in those days, there's still things that she wished she had a chance to do. Mm. And I just wish we all took the opportunity to really sit back sometimes and go, What is really the worst that could happen if I make this decision? Mm -hmm. If I really wear this top, what is the worst that's going to happen? If I make the decision about this promotion, or if I go for this job interview, what's the worst that's going to happen?
1: What what do you think? Because I think for me, I really grew up with this idea of being arrogance being something that you must avoid at all costs, and actually it's trying to understand the difference between arrogance and confidence and is arrogance even just a thing that we project on people who are confident anyway
2: totally because one of the things we've taught is humble is a good trait be humble be humble be humble be small make yourself small it's a really Mm -hmm. lovely trait when someone's humble so even when we do something really great we're uncomfortable in celebrating ourselves Mm -hmm. even when it's absolutely warranted and deserved Mm -hmm. we still can't it's just like the most uncomfortable feeling. And even I've had that. Even with my book, my friends yeah. have made a big deal about it. And I was like, Ugh! like literally makes mm. my bum wanna close. Like I just I can't and I'm someone who's pretty confident who just wants to go out there, but it's because it's been drilled into us. Be humble, be humble, be humble, you know. And so you kind of go, Oh yeah, it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. No, it is a big deal. I wrote a a, a goddamn book with three children like why can't I just be like, yeah? And then if I do say, yeah, I'm a badass, like I did at the beginning, some people go, oh, my God, (sighs) she's so cocky. She said, but why? Why? Because we've been taught so much that being humble is a really positive thing. But it's okay to celebrate ourselves. And so what I started doing is when – I, f- I come across someone who my immediate reaction is, oh, my God, they're so up themselves. Like, mm,
1: they're so out That's, there. It. that's the language, why, isn't it, from what, school? Why
2: am I? Why do I feel that way? What is it about their behaviour yeah. now that's triggering something to me that makes me feel uncomfortable? One, it's normally because I wish I could probably be that loud mm. in the centre of attention and I'm not. Two, because I've been taught that we should be humble, so they're going against something that I believe to be the
1: right, the way. right way
2: to behave. And three, nine times out of ten, it's not because I'm necessarily jealous, but... There's just something about that person that probably makes you gravitate towards them a little bit. Mm. And you're intimidated by that mm. because you, you almost want to be their friend, but don't want to. And we do it all the time. So what I implore people to do is when you come across someone who is, like you say, we our immediate reaction is they're arrogant, they're up themselves, they're being a bit much or they're being so loud. Why? Self-reflect, turn that inwards. What is it about that behavior that's mm. frustrating you? Because you want to behave
1: like that and you feel like you can't?
2: Or because they're just really confident and that makes you uncomfortable because you wish you could and it's like, a
1: threat isn't it like that idea ooh. of someone else taking up room you automatically feel like they're they're encroaching on your your space but actually there is actually room for everybody but we've oh, been
2: 100% there always is I wrote there's a bit in the book where I talk about going out with friends and in our group of friends there was one of the girls was far bigger than me at the time and I remember her wearing really tight dresses, like really revealing. And at the time I was like, that is just not an appropriate thing to wear for her size. Like, oh my gosh, she shouldn't be wearing that. And I was so, I never verbalized any of it. I internalized it all. And I look back, I think, what a bitch. I was such a bitch. But I know for a fact, it was because I was so envious of the fact that she looked one looked amazing Mm. and two she had the confidence to just be who she wanted to be and wear what the hell she wanted Mm. to wear and I didn't have that I was still trying to wear six pairs of like suck me in pants underneath my dress Mm. and hope for the best and you know not breathe or eat all day knowing that I'm going out that night and she didn't care Mm. (laughs) she didn't care but the the first immediate reaction to her was oh like that's really not an appropriate thing to wear like you really shouldn't wear that plus we've just been taught that haven't we that if you're a certain size or body shape there's certain things you shouldn't wear and I just went with that instantly and actually when I looked inside myself years later when I've been on this journey I realized how much of my insecurity and frustration of not being able to be my true self was I projecting onto Mm. her Um, and there's no denying it she looked great Mm. (laughs) I was just a hater
1: (laughs) because I'm trying to again this is my own thing I'm thinking oh but there may be such a thing as too over, like overconfident i think it's only it's only bad if you've got no self awareness but even that might be my own hang up so i can't work it out um i think it depends because there's people in the world that are
2: i guess arrogant to some degree but then i've kind of really got to a point where i'm like who am i to question that yeah. and what makes me what makes me laugh is someone i read recently i wish i had the confidence of a um a white male leader in the world today because they've got the confidence of i don't even know Everyone. who yeah they make decisions they turn up like <laughs> Boris johnson doesn't even brush his hair to go to work and has the confidence to go on telly and say whatever wild thing he's saying have that like if they've got that level of confidence Mm. like come on like you're telling me that we can't wear the dress that we want to wear because we're too embarrassed don't be silly like there's no way we can't have that confidence like and I don't know like you say if there is a line or if a lot of it is just again what we're taught Mm. to believe Mm. um but so for me I just kind of self-reflect on everything are they really arrogant or is arrogant just a way that I am you know, perceiving them to be based on my own measure. Because the measurement of that scale, so to speak, so if we had a scale of not confident, confident and arrogant, that scale is so personal, isn't it? So what I believe each of those levels to be is going to be different to you, different to so-and-so. different. So what I perceive to be arrogant, you might just perceive to be confident. Mm. So again, it's so personal that I just think, is there a measure? If not, and if someone makes you feel uncomfortable because of their behaviour... You can only ever self-reflect. Mm. You can't change how people behave. So nice. the only thing you can do is either, one, make a decision that you don't want to behave that way because you don't like the way they make people feel, or you self-reflect and, and wonder why that triggers you
1: and then do the work to understand that. I'm also wondering, do you, were you a confident child, do you think?
2: Yeah, I reckon I was probably one of those kids that got on everyone's nerves as well. Like Right in your faces. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I like used to love doing school plays and stuff like that and I was a pretty yeah I don't, I don't recall being shy and mm. looking back at I was gonna say videos because it is like VHS home videos yeah. of myself I was there wasn't anything to not be confident about and actually when I look at children children are probably the best example of confidence in a lot of ways because they don't know shame mm. and they only know shame when they get to a certain age because we've put that on them mm. um So little things like if we're out and I realise my language and I might say to the kids, can you just stop doing that? You're being embarrassing. Or Mm. keep the noise down, you're being embarrassing. That is teaching them shame. There's shame in being loud. There's shame in making noise in this place. Mm. And there's a a very different way of saying, this place is a quiet space so we've got to keep our our voices down. Mm. It's not on you. Yeah, you're saying the same thing, but you're suddenly not creating shame. And so kids, I think, are, are very pretty much all the kids are confident when they're really little and yeah. um, because they don't really have fear or shame they don't know those things until something happens that tells them otherwise mm. um and they're such good examples of that so I think my journey to stop being like that was when I hit my teens um and then suddenly you care about everyone and everything mm. um and you start looking at partners whether that's boys girls or whoever and caring about what they think of you and all of that stuff and that's when I think it really got worse and then I went to work and gosh the workplaces that's fun um, <laughs> mm. had a really awful time and then it just gets worse and worse doesn't it yeah
1: and then the thing is you're having you're because ha- that was the thing I was interested about because as you said at the beginning when I think confidence my first place and I guess it's the bit that's in the di- the public sphere a lot is body confidence which you know mm. we've talked around that a lot but there are so many different places you know and again you've been on this journey financial confidence confidence within a workplace confidence within relationships sexual confidence there's so many mm. um, yeah, academic confidence. And you you can have one that chips away at the rest, I think. And and yes. often when it all falls it, it all begins to fall apart, doesn't it? And I've known that, that when my confidence is gone, when I've been in a situation where I've previously felt quite assured, and you're like, I don't even know what what my instincts are telling me here now. It means that something's up.
2: Yeah, and I so one of the things and the reasons why I think it's not just body confidence related is because I've worked in recruitment and HR for over a decade, and I cannot tell you the amount of people who I know have been way qualified for the job, but they cannot do the interview because they are not confident enough to go in and say, I deserve to be here. I'm going to give this my best shot, and it breaks my heart when people do that because I've either been the person coaching them to go into their interview or I've been the person interviewing them. And so many people I've sat opposite and I've almost wanted to shake and be like, you can totally do this. Yeah. Like, I'm ready to give you this job, but you have to show me that you can, you can take also, it. And give also
1: the, give the real, I was talking to a friend about this yesterday, give the real answer you want to give, not the answer that you think yeah. I want to hear because the real answer is the one
2: absolutely and but people haven't got the confidence to do that so I used to find myself being really like coachy at work like in recruitment because I just want people to understand that they've so got and often in a job the person who was the most confident could sometimes get the job over the person who probably is is qualified to do it in -hmm. some respect because they couldn't evidence that your interviews you evidencing your knowledge and you're evidencing the, what we already know based on your CV or your mm. skill set so you're evidencing that to us if you can't evidence that to us it doesn't matter what it says on paper and that isn't for every interview going and in. it's not to make people really nervous but it's a real example of when people have walked in and said actually I don't know how to do that but do you know what this is what I want to do and this mm. is how I see it and that sort of confidence is like people go oh brilliant like great so I just wish people get it so I see so much in that sphere about confidence let alone you know the people who want to jump into a bikini and go on the beat bi- like it has such a huge mm. it covers such a wide vast and that's why I said at the beginning it impacts so many areas of your life you don't even consider mm. I know people who won't even go for a promotion so I don't know you you sit in work and there's a, a job opportunity available and you, you just you took stuff out of it before you've even sent an mm. application no point I'm not going to get it what's the point nah I'm not gonna get it I just nah, nah there's no point and you're like what
1: you're the perfect person <laughs> for this
2: yeah but they they haven't even got the confidence to start that and a lot of that is because you don't want to deal with the shame of either if you don't get it or you don't want to deal with the disappointment mm. so and a lot of the disappointment comes with shame because like most people you tell everyone you're going for an interview don't you, you tell everyone you're going for a job and then if you don't get it for any reason you've got mm. to then you feel bad disappointing everyone mm. so again it all comes back down to shame and feeling bad about it but there's no shame in not getting an opportunity mm-hmm. ever it's always going to be a learning a learning opportunity mm-hmm. you could grieve it feel bad about it and then move on to the next one but we were held back by that feeling and we're held back by the just having the confidence to say well I'm going to go for it whether I get it or not yeah but I'm going to do it anyway yeah and you never know you never know unless you try do you and it's only when I started kind of taking that up on myself and going, Do you know what? I'm gonna go for it. And then I did get an opportunity. And then like we said before, it starts building up this little pool of evidence to mm-hmm. yourself that you can do it. So then I'd get a little promotion here or I'd get and then I think, do you know what? I
0: could do Why it. Not? So let
2: me try again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you go for another one and, and that's how it creeps up over time. You're almost building this little bank of evidence to prove that you are capable. Mm-hmm. You, you can do it, but you're never gonna know that. Until you try,
1: no, and you've got to try and learn to flex that again. Going back to your book in in kind of everyday situations, don't you? Like you're having a go yeah. at, at putting yourself slightly out there because, it, and you know, what, what? is the, the worst, worst that can happen? Yeah, and the worst case is never it's really that bad because even if you don't get the job, that comes through in a, in a quiet little email in your inbox, and you go, okay, yeah. And you can feel bad about it feel
2: rubbish because it is, you know, frustrating when you don't get something you want. But then you can also take that as a learning opportunity and say, okay, what did I not do that I need to do next time? Mm. And what can I do next time? But I often ask myself, what is the worst that could happen? When I did my show, I was like, the worst thing that could happen here is that no one buys a ticket and turns up. Or just my mum. My mum sat in the audience with, like, my auntie. <laughs> like, that's it. That's the worst that could happen. And that was a risk I took. And then I thought, okay, so even if that's the worst thing that can happen, i just cancel. If no tickets sell, mm. I, d- I cancel. So th- there's, there's always going to be a solution, but that's that's the worst thing that could happen. And it sold out. And that's not to be really cocky and be like, ha-ha. But it did what I never expected it to yeah. do. But I had the courage to try, and then I had the confidence to say, I'm going to just go for it. Let me just go for it and see. And I would never have known that was a possibility no. for me if I hadn't have just had the confidence to say, "Let's just, let's Give just it go. try it." Yeah, and it, well, maybe it would have been embarrassing having to cancel because no one bought a ticket, but everyone would have forgot about it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And also, nobody else, like, again, we've all got to remember, no one else really cares about anyone else as well. <laughs> you know, nobody cares. So, really, on a surface level, because yeah, it's
2: something to talk about. But If you it. never mentioned
1: the show again, you know, took it down from wherever you sold it and just, like, swept it under the carpet, only you would know.
2: <laughs> They'd be the old person a couple of years ago. Do you remember that one time? Nah, don't, know
1: what don't you're talk about.
2: about that. We don't talk about that. Um, and then that's it. But I just want people to know that it is so possible. Um, but my hard work is done. I wrote the book. The hard work is the readers now, yeah. and that sounds really awful, but it, it's it is hard work. It's not easy, but it is work. I don't want people to think oh, I'm just going to read it and put it down because I I said to Trevor, I remember one of my biggest worries about the book was people are going to read it expect their lives to change overnight, and when it doesn't, yeah. say the book was crap, and that I was like they're going to think the book's really bad, and the problem is is it's not. A reflection of me I wrote it but you've got to do the work Mm. you've got to be prepared to take time to do the self-reflection to understand things about yourself to get uncomfortable with some of those feelings to do the guided touch like it's work it's work and that's not to say anyone fails if they don't change their lives but have the patience to do it because it's not an overnight Mm. job like it
1: genuinely is no it's, it's I that's what I find kind of the interesting cycle we see it in children this confidence. And then we lose it in our teens, and I really feel again, especially as I'm now hit forty, and I can see what fifty might be like and sixty, hopefully. And you, you kind of your job is to piece yourself back together and show up more as yourself in every situation. And then it, then it becomes it's better. But it, you have to, you have to flex it. You have to fight with mm. your own instinct to go, oh my word, this is really awkward. I'm applying for that job or I'm putting on the bikini because I, I know myself from like when I start occasionally I don't do it very much and we'll put myself in bikinis on Instagram don't think that that feels easy and good but it but I know it's an important thing to push against
2: Mm. and I, I was like that at first now I genuinely think okay. I look so good I'm gonna put this on and if someone else doesn't like it I really don't give it because the, the most I worry about now my pants is if my bush ain't hanging out my yeah. neck like just because yeah. I don't want you know just it's come on it, yeah just keep that keep <laughs> that a bit tame that's the only thing that I, I literally honestly if I do a video I edit it like I'm literally looking if there's any like flash of a nip or a yeah a, a a flash of something that shouldn't be there but uh, that's it everything else I, I genuinely couldn't care less and again what's the worst that can happen I put a video of myself out there in my pants what's the worst someone's going to tell me they don't like it all right well then don't don't have a body like mine
1: and it's, uh, it's uh, only I, ever going to be your body is
2: yeah I don't care and one of the things I used to say was well my body's you know created for children and yeah it has but that doesn't just give it its worth just because it's created for children my my worth isn't just completely based on that like your body doesn't have to do that for it to be worthy of respect and love it just has to exist Mm. and I've fallen short of that a lot of times like I've always given me food, and it has and it's a great body and you know it has done incredible things for me but it also just exists yeah. and it's okay to love it and it's it's worthy of the respect just just simply because of that not because of anything else and yeah I think I just want people to be able to to do that there's just so many incredible mums out there not taking pictures with their children
1: yeah
2: or or you know going on the holiday or wearing the thing that they want to wear or even going to the event in the first place. Mm. And, you know, who've got incredible business ideas and um, don't want to take the chance on themselves. And it, I just wanted to do something that would hopefully even, you know, change a couple of people to say, I'm going to try. Mm. Let me just try. I'm going to wear that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to send that email. I'm going to ask that guy. I'm going to say yes to that date. I'm going to, whatever it looks like for mm. someone, but they do something that just makes them make a decision that makes them own it and and have a, a better or happier version of themselves okay. so that they can do whatever it is. And I, I say all the time that, I just want people to become the people that they are capable of being and deserve to be because they're already capable of doing it. It's just unlocking that part of you that believes that
1: you're capable of doing it. So you go for it. That's 100%. I think that is a, a, like a really perfect place to end. This isn't trying to upgrade you into something that you're not. And, no. and also, I think it's important to caveat that confidence isn't always showing up loudly. That, you know, the most amazing trait is when you see someone who is just embodies confidence in a very... You can still be humble and confident, can't you? Mm. But it's it, its something in that very grounded sense of knowing who they are, what they like, and what they're able to do. Yeah,
2: and I, it's like when people wear stuff that they like that we were like oh my gosh bright colors are really stylish I have a real sense of style um a really specific sense of style and they walk down the street they're not walking down the street shouting ah, I'm coming but you look at them and you know they know who they are yeah. they're owning who they are they're wearing what they like doing what they like and just walking down the street yeah. and I'm always in awe of those people because it's the people who like you said you don't have to be screaming at photos, from the top of it. you don't have to be in your knickers on the internet Like that's that's not what this is about. That might be my way of showing it. Yeah. That might be my way of trying to inspire and encourage, but that's not one the only way or two a way that you have to you have to do it. It's just about being comfortable in who you are and loving yourself enough to honour those decisions for yourself.
1: Yeah, I mean, as ever, I always want to cry, but it's it's so true that life is short and if you don't back yourself yeah it's the only person who that's to the detriment of is yourself
2: mm-hmm. absolutely
1: i'm trying to also take seriously when just suddenly remembering that you are wearing your children's <laughs>
2: headphones i am literally like honestly i don't, and and i'm and, and do you know what i'm here with my whole chest with my toddler headphones on and the <laughs> brightest cardigan like yes yeah, so what <laughs> i'm still i'm still i'm still dropping those gems for you clemmy i'm still talking what i need to talk about
1: yeah exactly In my toddler
2: headphones um and yeah it is just like again it's what it is like i am who i am and that that i'm okay with that and i i just want to lead by example to my children because they'll do what you do not what you say that and so i need to show them that if mum mummy is unapologetic in who she is then they can be too
1: yeah, that's it, isn't it? I, I I look at my kids and I think, don't ever stop being exactly who you are. And the only way to do that is to try and model that for them without a doubt. Exactly. So, do. Yeah. Obviously, also do be quiet when we're in a place which. Oh, 100%. Things.
2: Like, just be yourself when you leave the house mm. at 18, because right now, mummy can't handle
1: it. Oh, I know. <laughs> mummy can't handle
2: it. I'm so just, really glad just that just you're chill for a bit.
1: spirited humans, but could you just do it?
2: Yeah, once you've left home. <laughs>
1: Oh, it's tiring. Jess, I've got two more questions before we go. Yes. Where can people find you?
2: Uh, At the Fat Funny One, pretty much anywhere, even on the TikTok. um, The Facebook. Oh, my gosh, I sound up my mum. The Facebook. It's on the Facebook um, (laughs) and on the Instagram. Um, Yeah, so at the Fat Funny One, pretty much everywhere. Um, And then, obviously, my book is online at... All the relative retailers, Waterstones, Richmond, you buy Books,
0: yeah. And where
2: my final books?
1: question is always: If you could have an honest conversation with one person, who would it be, and what would you say? Bang what a head.
2: question! I've yes. had some
1: hilariously varied answers to this.
2: Oh,
1: oh my gosh! Okay, okay.
2: Oh my gosh, where do I go with this? Really honest conversation with someone. I don't know whether I really want to be funny here or just not really serious.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Don't um, ever think it go with your go with whoever popped into your head. Oh my gosh. I don't know if I should. Should I say it? no, I'm not going to say that person. Um <laughs> wow, you can say an anonymous person and what we No, would you- <laughs> do you know what?
2: I would have I don't know. I don't know. Um, You're
1: editing yourself here, but this is hello. I'm totally, I am. I'm
2: like, I'm like my brain is going 7,000 miles an hour. Um, no, I'm going to be really honest. I'm gonna, the first thing that came into my head was, I probably have a really honest conversation with my dad. It's so my biological dad. So I only met him when I was 27. Wow. I'm 33 this year. Um, and we, you know, we get along. That's great. But we've not had the conversation about where the fuck are you mate mm. <laughs> we've not had that conversation and actually if I could sit down with yeah. someone and have a really honest conversation it would be him and it would be that and I think that is part of my journey and probably part of my healing as to who I am and why I am who I am mm-hmm. um so yeah I'll go with my gut and be completely honest I, why not that's that's yeah, yeah. I, my head there you and go. I censored myself and I'm yeah, not going did.
1: to do that you did I, can't,
2: and... I totally try to censor myself but actually what I'm saying isn't harmful to anybody. No. It's the truth. And it's my truth. And if that makes someone else uncomfortable, <laughs> that's not my business.
1: Well no. I mean you've not you said anything controversial other than the No, like not to at all. Chat. I think
2: a lot of people could relate to that. A lot of people haven't had their parents in their lives, all their lives, and it's a, a very difficult conversation to have. But if I could and I and actually what I should do is say I do have the opportunity to do yeah, that because the other end of the phone. Um but yeah, that's the conversation I'd have.
1: There you go, Jess, I didn't see that. I mean I've also had people <laughs> say God the dog
2: oh is- i'd love to chat to my dog <laughs> i actually would i i genuinely think he does talk though <laughs> like and i think i think animals talk to each other and i think it's hilarious i think he's a little bit ghetto and he's like a bit funny and like he's only he's like 18 months but he's huge um i'm surprised he's not barking actually um and i just reckon he's like yo mum what's up
1: what happens, go, if he's not? what happens if he's got a completely different identity? You I know. know. Wouldn't you just love to hear what they sound like? <laughs> there you go. You can have that one off the bed. But, but the person, it was a chief shepherdess, and she was like, I just want them to tell the dog to tell me whether it genuinely likes me or whether it's just using me because I feed it. I was like, Yeah, but Zoe, you've got to brace yourself for the fact that if it, it gives you the answer that you don't want which is yeah just... the
2: dog's like I'm just here because I have to be mate because you make me stay here I don't want to be here I do think my dog like probably curses me sometimes like if I go to the door oh you're going out but without me stupid gal like I do think, think
1: he says that <laughs> Um, but yeah
2: <laughs> that's
1: a really good one yeah, it is. there you go go and have a chat with your dog thank you so much for taking an hour out of your unbelievably busy life oh this has been heavenly <laughs> hasn't it I hope I see you in real life soon yes please It's coming back, isn't it? I feel like those things are going to come back, hopefully. Slowly but surely. I hope so. Oh, well, that was an uplifting conversation. The first time I ever met Jess, she she, um, made me smile because she's like this ball of positive energy. And now I like that even more because I know the journey that she's taken to get there. In fact, she's always been one of those people who's really... That deals you in with things that are going on like introduces you to people both in real life and you know digitally and quietly champions you champions you champion I, got my word, I can't even say it she is a champion of people um and i think the only way that you can be that person is if you've learned to be a champion for yourself and i really am going to try and head towards that idea of quiet confidence and evidencing the things where you prove that it can be alright if you step outside of your comfort zone, whether that be clothes, opportunities, everything really. Because, yeah, I want to be closer to the person that I think I probably was when I was a kid, which which had that natural form of confidence before I spent a lot of years trying to be what other people expected me to be. So, yeah, here's to more confidence. Um, thank you to Jess for, for today's episode and thank you to you for listening. That is another episode of But Why Done. Please do rate, review, subscribe, share it. Tell me about how you find confidence. Um, my email is butwhy at I am now off to catch up on my inbox. Why does it happen? I have a phase where I feel like I'm doing really well, that I'm archiving stuff, that I'm replying as and when I can and then you drop the ball a bit and suddenly that inbox becomes a thing of terror. So I'm going to go and sort that out now. Wishing you a really lovely day and catch up with you next time. Bye-bye.